Now, this is a Let God Die podcast. We're trying something new here. We wanted to feature artists who are doing cool things that we believe in. We're going to have an artist share about like a song that they've written. Before we hop into our actual episode, we have Bretton Cox. She's a recording artist from Nashville area. My new album is called Blood Red Blooms, and it comes out May 19th. Overall, um, there's sort of a theme of life, death, and resurrection. And it's just this idea of of dying to yourself and, and also walking through seasons of barrenness that just feel like death, letting the Lord be a part of that, of those seasons, it, even in the barrenness, just welcoming him in and saying, God, do whatever you want to do and just surrendering and really submitting if you welcome him into any season Um, regardless of how hard it is, like he is going to bring life and he's going to bring you to life. Walking on Air um, is actually the very last song I wrote for the album. And the metaphor in the beginning of the song is, is basically comparing my life to a miner and how a miner has to go down deep into the earth every single day and works for very little money. And it's just that feeling of being stuck And in that place, realizing that actually, even though that is my physical reality, that's not my ultimate reality. Um, There's scripture that says um, that we're seated with, with Christ Jesus in the heavenlies, that he's actually seated us with him in heaven. And it's not a future tense it's a present tense scripture. He has seated us um, with Christ Jesus in the heavenlies. So the song is just about this paradigm shift. It's about like, it doesn't matter how hard it is right now. It doesn't matter what I can see with my human eyes. What matters is this reality um, that I've been raised to life because of him And I'm alive. I'm really, really alive. And I can be full of joy and I can sing and I can dance and I can know him and I can be free. Yeah, that's what the song is about. And that's kind of been like my theme for the past six months. My reality is that, you know, I'm loved by God. He has called me his own. And so there's not anything that that he's promised me that's not going to come to fruition but yeah, it's just about fixing your eyes on on Jesus like and not on your circumstances. My name is Bretton Cox. Um, my album comes out May 19th and the song is called Walking on Air. Day after day They lock the gate Send me down To earn my way
heavenly host as I lift my eyes. All right, this is the Let God Die podcast. This is Josh. And this is Calvin. And we're joined today by... Kevin Shalareth. Who lives everywhere and nowhere. He, him and his family uh, are staying at my house right now. They've been here for the last couple of days. Um, me and Kevin met a few years back um, at a show, and um, he was playing that show and got talking afterwards. And um, it's kind of crazy to me just thinking back, because uh, I remember saying like, hey, if you're ever in, in the Detroit area and want to do a show, that'd be cool. Kind of thinking like, I don't, I don't know that I'll become, like, good friends with this guy, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> Probably I, I, not. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't my thought, but just, <laughs> but just yeah, I don't know. It's, it's always cool to me to, like, look back at, at moments like that, and I'm just like, all right, if you're ever through, and then... I'll be there next week. <laughs> yeah, what, was it literally, like... I, right I don't after remember. That? It was very soon after, I feel like. Kevin asked me to tour with him, and that was a really cool opportunity. Um yeah, Kevin, um, tell us a little bit about like who you are and what your what your life looks like these days. Uh, yeah, so I am just some old guy that plays music and pretty much year-round. Um, we do mostly house concerts, but are, are up for whatever. But my family and I, um, along with my bandmate Fallon, travel across the country. And we do like 250 shows a year or so um, in places like this for people like you. You were born and raised in St. Louis area? Yeah, I, I was born there and spent until about high school. I moved out to a little cow town about an hour outside of St. Louis. Um, did high school out there, did college somewhere else, and eventually, after a lot of years, came back to St. Louis, um, and that's the last place that we lived. So you kind of fulfilled the pop-punk manifesto of getting out of your town. Yeah, well, it's funny because I was like, I, I don't know if it like that's a small town manifesto too so like all throughout high school oh we're leaving this town and i'm like i'm i'm gonna stay and become the mayor like i don't need to leave um but here we are <laughs> well obviously that changed in a lot of other things um <laughs> so like uh kevin what's what's your background as far as um like coming coming to christ and um i guess going from the point of i'm gonna stay in this place to traveling yeah year round so I grew up like um, unchurched and kind of the like I think my natural tendency was to kind of believe anything, but with like no conviction. So um, you know I had neighborhood friends that were Catholic, and I was like, yeah, all this stuff about Jesus that you guys say is probably true in a way that doesn't really apply to me, um, but it's good for you guys. And um, you know I had a friend um in school that that was like a reincarnationist or whatever and i was like yeah that's probably true and you yeah, know pretty much just whatever sounded like, good yeah, yeah like i like i mean just kind of like i found everything plausible um but nothing like really with no conviction nothing that i felt mm -hmm. personally attached to and that's how jesus was for me um as well and then when i was in high school kind of just in that same mentality um i had started going to this church um because some friends of mine went i was just hanging out with my friends um and you know it was like a baptist church and they're talking about jesus and i'm like yeah that's probably true in a way that doesn't mean anything to me um and i was super contentious to stay there like in this generally accepting attitude of things um and then one day we were at, so there was like a guest speaker at the church. Um, I found him to be like super offensive and, and just really obnoxious um, and mean, just a mean spirited guy. And I was just like lamenting being there. And then all of a sudden something happened. I, I don't know if I can describe it adequately, but like all of a sudden it didn't matter what I thought anymore. Um, like there's this kind of realization that, that, that Jesus was God of the universe and that he was 
that he had indwelled me or whatever. Um, and so at that point, I would say that I, in a relationship with Jesus or whatever. Um, and this is like during that guest speaker. Like, yeah, like I'm like, this guy is lame. And then Jesus is like, hey, I'm I'm here. Deal with that. And I'm like, whoa, what is going on? This is so strange. Um, and, and so I went home that night and I was like, okay, well, this is different. Like now, now I like this whole Jesus thing is, is actually the truth. It's like, and it doesn't matter that I believe it. Um, it's sort of, it's the truth of Jesus is, um, you know, true regardless of what I think about the truth of him. Um, and I kind of went home with that realization that, that he was in me. Um, and so I get home and <laughs> I have this guitar that I've never learned how to play. I, I have had it for like two years and I was like, what? You can't just pick it up and be good. Pfft. So I put it um, <laughs> off to the side. And so anyway, I, I get home and I see the guitar and like you, you, this sounds dumb but i was like i just knew that i was my job was to become a christian musician <laughs> um and so i was like i'm not a musician uh i guess i'm a christian now okay like i guess i'll learn how to do this um and so the rest of my life has been essentially learning how to do that like what is, what does this mean um, so so like i mean looking back like was there a part of you that was like I've seen this done and I think I could do it or like, I think that would be a cool way to relate to people or was it just like oh. something that you <laughs> don't even really know how to... I like, I liked music. Um, I did not like Christian music, um, <laughs> but I liked music. Uh, I would never think myself to be a musician. Um, like in, in choir class or whatever, I would be the one that was not singing in the back that would get threatened with the solos or whatever. Oh, if you don't <laughs> sing, you're going to get a solo. Um you know, in like speaking class or whatever, I was the person that dreaded it the whole time. Like, um, the person that least wanted to be seen or heard. Um, yeah, transitioning through adolescence was a really hard time for me. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, like the whole thing was just like, I'm not the guy for the job. Um, and I don't have any interest in this job. Um, like, like I said about wanting to be the mayor, I didn't really want to be the mayor necessarily, <laughs> but I, I had no ambition to travel. Um, at that point I had been to Missouri and Illinois, um, which neighbors Missouri for the geographically challenged. Um, that's it. That's all the places I had been. Um, and that's all I was content with that. I, I don't care at all about traveling. I still really don't. Um, and so I was like, well, this is all really weird, but I guess I'll, I'll do this, whatever it is. Um, yeah. And it's been an interesting journey, like a, a lot of messy points along the way, a few years into, so now this is probably like four years later, I'm still pretty bad at music. Um, but more like aware of what in general, I think it means to be a Christian musician. Like I feel called to be, um, and we had this band and we went on tour like during the summers cause we were in school and, um, wow, it was so cool. And we needed to commit our whole life to it. And then our band would break up and this like kind of, it would, we'd get back together and it would cycle through this for a while. Um, but I remember one semester thinking like, well, God told me to do this thing and I'm here in school just wasting my life, um, not really doing the thing. And there was like this window where it felt like my bandmates were like ready to go in deeper to what we were doing. And, um, and I went and tried to quit college. Um, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to just stop this now. Cause I got this band thing I'm doing. Um, and then they're like, that's cool, but you, you're going to have to, like, pay back your scholarship for the semester. I was like, wait, really? <laughs> I don't have any money. <laughs> like, what? So then I <laughs> I had to stay in school because I, I it just didn't, like, God closed that door, like, in retrospect. But at the time, it was, like, really crushing. Um, 
and my best friend uh, at the time spoiler alert it's my wife now um she was away she was in africa and so like my only really close friend was gone and in this like the saddest display of humanity i um i ended up in one of my professor's offices just like crying to my professor about how i didn't know what i was doing in my life and i'm trying to serve god but it didn't work because i couldn't quit school um and so yeah like i was super confused by that and and hurt by it and just didn't know like i'm just trying to be faithful god uh, and do what you want me to do but then like now you know a billion years into the future i can look back with like the hindsight and say oh like you kept thwarting my attempts to quit school um and i eventually ended up with a master's degree in math and then like and now i have this like consulting job where i can help i train like elementary school teachers to teach math um but it makes it like like i had this plan all along where like now he, he's given us this this gift of kind of this ability to uh make a fair amount of money in a little bit of time such that like we can um, travel without anxiety about finances and things like that. Like looking back, it's quite clear the arc of God's plan um, where I had this, like I, I had a sense of the vision and was just trying to execute it on my own terms. Um, so I don't know, I, that's something that I look, I think about a lot and how kind of just the graciousness of God to preserve his plan um and then to even let me in on it, you know, and say, oh, like, here's what I was doing. You get it now? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. And even let you see that in the first place, you know? like Right, right. That's something just these past few months, I think, it's been really firm on my mind, the, the sort of graciousness of God, um, like the generosity of God, I guess, if you will. Like, I don't know what the right spiritual word is for um those things kind of beyond um beyond salvationary grace that god gives us grace, um, grace buffet yeah <laughs> but like that stuff is really cool um maybe about a year ago year and a half something like that i was like really discouraged um we were in this weird place um I was traveling, it was just me and the kids because my wife was caring for her, like, ailing grandparents, um, and we're like, okay, well, like, this is an important thing, and, like, we've, like, God, uh, and that's another kind of crazy thing, like, God gave me this weird dream about, it made me very sure that my wife should go and care for her grandparents, um, and that I should also continue touring and just take the kids, a very hard thing, um, Going through that and like so convinced like this is what God wants, but then the shows kind of sucked, you know. And the, there was like no discernible effect, you know. You're playing to no one, or you're playing to people that people that aren't listening, like a fate worse than no one. Um, like there wasn't like confirmation. Yeah, like, from yeah just like this stuff. really dry spell of like oh, like a month or so of just why am I doing this? Um, and and just like well, yeah why god like what's the point of this and like that's so childish you know that's so faithless of me to to voice that god doesn't owe me anything he doesn't owe it to me to show me what he's doing you know like he doesn't owe it to me um for me to understand the purpose of what he's called me to even um but <laughs> I'm in this like weak moment of like essentially having a tantrum before God saying, I don't get it, God. What, what are you doing with me? Um, and he did this really cool thing where um, it must have been like seven nights in a row. A crazy thing happened where like some rando came in from the sidewalk and heard one song and then they're like, Oh, this was a whisper from God. And like, here's exactly what I was praying about this morning. And here's what you talked about. And it's like, it matched up perfectly. And like, so it was just like a week, a week straight of this kind of like, and it's just like, God is saying, 
oh, is this what you needed? Like, here, you need to see this. Okay, here you go. Like, in a way that I, I don't know if I ever described this adequately, but made me understand just how stupid I was being. Like, if this is so corrective, so like uh, disciplinary in nature, but it's also like was the most kind thing, right? Like God gave me um, this like vision of what he was doing and he didn't owe that to me. You know, it was the, like that generosity that, that God demonstrated in that. It was just like really like heavy on my heart um, that like that's like God is like that. Um, that he, that like, God is letting me know how stupid I'm being, but he's also like, I have, but here's some cool stuff I'm doing, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that was really neat. I mean, like you said, he doesn't owe it to us to show us anything, but like, it goes to kind of still show us father's heart. Like, Hey, like, I don't owe you this, but like, I'm going to show you that I am using you or like, you know, you are exactly where I want you to be. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, if you needed that. Like if, you know, if, if trust me is not enough, here's a, here's something to give you a little mm-hmm. encouragement, a little push to see that I am actually moving. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think just like the the finesse of doing it in a way that also lets you know how wrong you are being. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I think that's so beautiful. <clears throat> One time this just brought to mind, um, this is me like 12, 13 years ago. So when I was uh, around college time, I was just going through this like really rotten season of like just feeling alone with everything and feeling like I was putting in all of this effort into people's lives um, and it just wasn't reciprocating. Um, And looking back, I think there are a lot of reasons for that. One, I was not opening up to people like and I was doing a lot of stuff for people that were like um, in the youth group. Um, But, you know, like I didn't have a strong like uh, strong bonds with my peers, you know, and with older people. So it was kind of like, I was just kind of pouring out to people that were kind of, you know, in a sense, like under me in ministry. Sure. Um, but yeah, so I remember this one day, I think it was on my birthday and, uh, a friend asked me to come out to his house to help him, uh, pack up and move. And I, I like on the way there, it was like a half hour drive. I was just screaming in my car and I was just like, you know, it's just a day, but it's like, it's on my birthday and I'm glad to help this guy out. But, you know, I, I'm asked to do this task like for somebody else, like mm-hmm. um, on a day that like I would love to, I don't know, actually just kind of relax or whatever. Sure. Um, but where I was just kind of like at this low point of um, ultimately being selfish, but um, but just feeling burnout like entirely. And I get to dude's house. And he was actually one of my students in the youth ministry and actually had me out there not to help him move, but to throw a surprise party for me with like, (laughs) with like 20 of my really, really close friends. Um, Yeah. So I, I I just remember like, yeah, it was like one of the, like, I don't even know, like humiliating, you know, like moments, you know, like when, when I got the, I guess you could say like recognition, whatever, that I was looking for, uh, it was yeah. just like that immediate realization of like, man, I've been functioning like under the assumption that I need this and that I deserve like, you know, it was just yeah. like a a complete gut hit, you know, really far more effective than, you know, like God just being like, shut up, you're being a whiner, you know, right. it, it was still that same effect of sure. like, <laughs> shut up, you're being a whiner, but like just very lovingly. So, yeah, yeah, that's so cool. How's like your understanding of God changed or what are some like things that you, you feel like maybe you did misunderstand about the character of God that he's kind of transformed? I think this will fit into that, um, category. Um, but maybe with like the caveat that I think it's really hard to talk about without sounding kind of extreme or like, um, but I think, um, and I think it ties into the, what we've talked about so far, like the, like to like what it really means for us to sort of decrease and him to increase. Um, I think it speaks to the character of God, but I don't know if how, how direct it is. Um, but I, I think that as someone that kind of grew up unchurched I, and got into 
church at like that end of high school, beginning of college age. And I think this is like a phenomenon that's super rampant there, but um, being Christian, like was in a lot of ways, like the, the, the sort of most selfish environment I was a part of. Um, Cause it, like all of a sudden I feel like my life became all about becoming the best me I could be. Um, and, and I think, I don't think that ever necessarily really resonated with me. Um, but I do think that I wasn't confident to see past it, um, early on in my walk. Um, but I think like, I think we get a lot wrong about God, um, when we, in the way that we think about ourselves, um, you know, and I think like the stories that I, the story I told about needing to see God's work, the story you told about like the, the birthday party, I feel like it, both of our like struggles, <laughs> uh, were with like self-obsession really. Um, and I think that's something that is maybe unintentionally or intentionally um, kind of put forward in Christian community. Like in what ways specifically? Like I think that yeah, I can I mean, make make some inferences, but... Yeah, I think we could talk about a lot of different things and maybe I'll just like throw a couple ideas out there and if anything sounds interesting. Um, <laughs> we will fix it in post. So like one of the things that right off the bat was really confusing to me as a, a baby Christian, I guess, was um, spiritual gift inventory. Um, that was like wildly popular in college. Like um, trying to like take the test. Yeah, to, take your test, yeah. figure out who you are, you know, like, who am I? Because if I, how can I serve God without knowing my skill set or something like that? <laughs> Gotta have right? Like skills. I need to know who I am. <laughs> Um, you know, who God, and like, we don't say it that way, like, it's more veiled, it's like, what God has designed for me, um, but really it's just like, it just feels all wrapped up in, in ourselves, um, and so like, oh, I, like, introspection, um, this idea of, of kind of like leveling up as a Christian, um, it was something that like immediately was, was, at the forefront, everything I was hearing from the the seasoned Christians around me uh, had to do with that. But I felt like everything I was reading in the scripture had to do with uh, me <laughs> becoming less and less a factor in things um, and less and less significant. Um, and I'd say like I've evolved like on the subject of spiritual giftings. Um, like, I think where I currently stand is like, I'm, I'm not going to read Paul as like laying out this checklist of here's some spiritual giftings. Like you should figure out which ones you have so that you put yourself in the right situations to be used by God. I don't know what, I don't even know what the, um, what the presumed like reason for that is. But, um, I think when I look at that now, I say, Paul's saying, the Holy Spirit is amazing. And there are so many different things that need to happen in the kingdom of God. And the same Spirit meets all of those needs, fulfills all of those um, job requirements. Like the Spirit of God will do what the Spirit of God needs to do. Need a teacher? Boom. You know, like <laughs> right. whatever we need... Um, whatever God purposes, like God will do that through whichever of us vessels. Like I might be a teacher in, in one situation. Um, and I might be something entirely different in another situation because it's really not me at all. It's really the Holy spirit. Right. Um, and so like that, that's just like, there's no connection to the way that that passage was like, taught to me to what I currently would say, I believe. Um, and that's just on the subject of spiritual gifts. Um, 
I think we live in a culture that's identity obsessed. Um, and our church has a tendency, unfortunately, to reflect culture. Um, and so I think our churches are really identity obsessed. You know, like how how often do we talk to fellow believers and it's like just really trying to find out who I am, you know, like just really want to know who I am in the Lord. Um, but it's really about who I am. Um, and like when it comes to identity, I, I think it's actually like super simple. Um, like, and we spend all this effort, um, trying to figure out who we are. And I just don't know that that's what like God intends. Um, I have a pastor friend in Nevada that, that said it this way. And I, it's like stuck with me, uh, ever since, but, um, uh, he, he lays out identity really simply. He says, um, we're children of God made in the image of God. We are not God, but we are like him. That's your identity. You know, like, let's move on now. Um, but it's really interesting because anyone that's really like cares about their identity and figuring themselves out, like they find that answer wholly insufficient, right? Like it's mm -hmm. not really what they want to talk about. And it's like when you're, when you're functioning in that way, which we all do, you know, like if I'm defining what has value and then hoping that who I am falls in that value system sure. for one, like yeah. how much weight does that hold? Right. Um, like where's the foundation of that? And, yeah. and it's just based on like essentially public opinion, you know, and, right, right. and not like the truth of God. Yeah, yeah. 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 I just think, yeah. I mean, when, when, you know, when John Baptist or whoever lays out the idea of becoming less, um, that, that Jesus might become more, um, I think that's really powerful. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's like, what does it look like to pursue that? And, and for me, there's just like this real dissonance. I don't know if you agree or disagree, but like, I feel like there's this real dissonance between that idea of like becoming less that he might become more against this, against this idea of trying to, um, you know, seek out our purpose. Um, that's not to say I like, I, I think God, has designed for us you know and i think god even shows us that design but i think it's one of the it's more like a some i think our like knowledge of who we are in christ flows out of like intimacy with the father mm -hmm. rather than the other way around which i think is the way it's sort of set up generally speaking that if we just like become better Christians will will attain more intimacy with the father. I feel like people aim more towards the credibility being in like, you know, doing the right thing, saying the right thing. And I actually, like you said, it, it coming from intimacy with Jesus. Sure. And like the power and the foundation of their identities and what they do, not in who they actually are. Right. You know, I feel like from that, like, I've always believed that, you know, when you're faithful to Jesus, he's a provider of the fruit. Like we yeah. don't. And I feel like a lot of people tend to more gravitate towards looking like a credible Christian than actually being an intimate one. Sure. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I don't remember who said this to me first, but they put out this idea of um, fruit stapling. Have you guys no. never heard thing. of it but this sounds great yeah so like the idea of like oh and this, like this is probably a, this is how we like deal with the fruits of the spirit right we're like oh, okay fruits of the spirit or this 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 oh okay well i lack you know long suffering i'm gonna work on that mm. or whatever or, or like i'm going to you know and so there's this picture of stapling the fruit to yourself like oh see here i am long suffering me um <laughs> But like, you know, that fruit's no good. Yeah. Um, and that's what, like, it's called fruit of the spirit. Like, think about what it means. Like for fruit, it fruits born of what it's of. Right. And so like, if you lack self-control, I, I think that's not as much a, a, like a thing that instructs you to go ahead and add self-control to yourself. Cause who, who of us can, 
Um, but rather, I think it's like a litmus test. It says, you lack self-control. Well, you must lack intimacy with the Father. Like, because self-control is born of the Spirit. Light bearers are going to bear light. Like, if you are indwell with the Spirit, well, the Spirit's fruit will will be born in you. Um, I think what it all comes back to, and this is like the principal struggle of humanity, um, is that we lack faith to believe God, right? Like, if we genuinely believed that God indwelled us, and we genuinely believe that he is who he says he is, we would have great confidence that he would bear out in our lives all of these fruits of the Spirit, right? But I think if we're super honest with ourselves, we say, I don't know if he's going to do any of that stuff. Like, I'm I'm going to work on it. Um, Just in case he doesn't come through. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's a backup plan or whatever. <laughs> um, or that, I mean, like, that's directly associated with identity too you yeah know, and just being self-centered where it's sure. like yeah there there are many times when i am a butthole in those times like i turn my eyes on jesus and they're no longer on me it's no longer i need to be a nicer guy mm-hmm. it is yeah i need to be closer with him you know yeah. um sometimes i get asked weird questions i don't know if like, I don't think that I have good things to say, but I think that sometimes there's like this attitude of like, I can talk to Josh about weird things um, or like <laughs> ask more direct questions. Like, I, yeah. I guess I've been told that by a few people. It's just like, I feel like I can ask you questions that might be a little bit even like too damaging for some people to consider just and maybe sure. because I don't get like emotionally driven with things and it's just kind of like I can. I try to take things more at like, all right, like, like, let's actually talk about this instead of like focusing on the implications of the question. Right. Um, but, right. but yeah, like if I had a few people just be like, like how, how important do you actually think it is to like find yourself? Like, I don't think it's important whatsoever, you know, like, yeah. the, I mean the yeah. only, and that, that does sound very different, but um, yeah, anytime that I find, tried to find out who I am, it's always ended up in either like a lot of, um, I don't know, like despair in like feeling mm-hmm. insufficient or prideful sure. or thinking that like, oh, I have some things together yeah. where, um, yeah, like the only way that it's coming from like a real place is like when I get to know who Jesus is, you know, thinking about like clay in the potter type thing, you yeah. know, where it's like if you're just a lump of clay, but you don't know like what you were made for, you know, you mm-hmm. don't know. You don't know the one that made you and what your intended use it was. You don't know who he is. Then, of course, like you don't know what your function is. You know, right, yeah. um, otherwise you're trying to create it on your own, or you're trying to allow others to define what that is and yeah, yeah. get all out of whack. We derive that stuff from context clues, right? Like <laughs> yes, that's, that's how we go about it so often. And like we started talking about this as it relates to my music or whatever. And like, I have a song that kind of talks pretty directly about this kind of idea. Like, and I think it's like important to mention, like, I I think this is like the struggle of humanity. And so we just live in a, in, in a time and a place that like, we, I think we're just really, very easily discouraged. Um, and I don't think this is actually discouraging news. I think it's good news um, that like our, you know, that, that our inclination is selfishness, that, that our motives are impure um, because um, not only is it true of us, but it's true of the people that we see in the Bible, um, the people that we see, um, that we have this historical collection of people that God redeemed um, in spite of them sharing our same um, shortcomings and and thus we can have confidence in God like he's always been about this sort of work of of redeeming people that are just really bad at trusting him uh, or, or believing him <laughs> so I love talking about this because to me, it it redirects us to this picture of of just like a a sovereign God that um, 
that that sort of has us you know yeah. and i think that's really 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 encouraging um even if it means we have to look at ourselves and say yeah you know what like a lot of the things i do point to me not trusting god and point to me being selfish so what are your thoughts kevin as far as like i mean you brought up the spiritual gift testing and all that jazz yeah. um <laughs> like I think to, just like to me to completely like dismiss that. I don't think that's what you're quite getting at. But like, do you think that that stuff does have a place? I think that's interesting. I mean, I my baseline inclination is to say has no place, no worth in uh, expending effort on knowing ourselves. But I I think that it's impossible to tell how much that's motivated by the world that we live in where that's mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. So like, I think maybe it's an overcorrection. Um, maybe it's not, <laughs> but that's, I, I would say I do like, I've heard arguments that sound nice, uh, you know, for, or for like all, like, you know, you can go outside of the world of spirituality and I feel the same way. Um, like if you're talking about like, um, um, Myers-Briggs or something like that, right? Like, like people are so into this stuff and they're in the knowing themselves and, and the people that I know a lot of people that I respect a lot that like really think that stuff's important. And I think it's, I come from this perspective where it's just actively bad. Um, but, but their perspective is, is really interesting to me. You know, there's this kind of idea like, Oh, if we know, if we have a, gr a grasp on who we are, we know how to relate with one another better. And um, there's a lot of sort of perceived utility in that. And and there's a lot of people that are a, a lot smarter than I am. And um, and maybe they're all right. Um, but I think, especially within the world of, of Christianity, um, yeah, I'm just not super moved by like the relevance of me determining that I have such and such spiritual gift only because I think it, it, I think the end result is one that limits the father. Um, yeah, but I think maybe that's short sighted of me. Right. right? Maybe, maybe, um, maybe someone could encounter that and say, okay, like I did this inventory and I saw like, uh, that I have this like teaching, teaching and uh, hospitality or like in my giftings or something like that and maybe that just like is cause for them to glorify god you know like um god has evidenced himself by um you know being manifest in these things in my life you know like like glory to god because he has made me hospitable um I feel like you can take the stance that there's not any value in those things um, and still end up with that same sort of gratitude to God. Like, yeah. um, I feel like in my life, I've seen God do so many things through me. I'm wholly convinced that, that the Holy Spirit can do anything. And I think that's like, I, I want that for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Like you, we brought up like the potter and the clay kind of illustration. Uh, trying to shape clay that's rigid is just awful. If you yeah. ever took any type of pottery class, like it's just bad. And like, I know, like in what we were talking about, I feel like doing things like those can make it possible for a person to stay rigid in those areas just to say like, all right, well, I'm solid in this place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I have no reason to move in these areas. Mm -hmm. So I'll just play to my strengths, which is kind of like what we're taught culturally. Sure. And what that I feel like that does is it produces like a lack of care for the other areas, which are equally yeah. as important, mm -hmm. you know, and just as much as it is important to be hospitable it's also important to be generous. Right. You know, it's also important to be um, to have a gift of like prophecy. I mean, sure. healing, prayer, faithfulness, faith. If we're moldable at a point where we're just like, you know, like you said, grateful for what God's given us in those moments, like, you know, producing that type of like Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. For like, you know, God using me in this area to be hospital, like glory to God sure. for that. If we stay moldable, we become what God wants us to be rather than like a misshapen yeah. something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's like, I mean, I think it's so cool that we have this kind of, 
and I don't think it's an exhaustive list, but that we have this list of things that the spirit does. Yeah. Um, because we can look and say, uh, like, ding, 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 spirit's doing something. Like, this is one of the things the spirit does. Um, that's really cool. Like, he's, he's doing it. That's awesome. Um, but, like, even, like, when you, were, when you were talking about that, you're like, oh, I'll just stick to my strengths. And it's always our strengths, right? Like, <laughs> Not God, to play, play to my strengths. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. what weak God must we serve if he can only express himself through me in prophecy like like he's that's all he can do is prophesy through me like sorry he cannot be hospitable through me he's just not that powerful because god only saves people with sweet skills (laughs) (laughs) i think there would be there might be some people that would like hear you say that and just be like but people don't act like that, you know, like that they just stick to one. But I think that we do, it's, yeah. even if it's not entirely just like, God's given me the gift of prophecy, so that's right, my right. main thing. But just like putting improper focus, you know, like sure. um, where you kind of like pigeonhole yourself where mm-hmm. you're like, all right, yeah, this is my function in the body. Yeah. Um, and just like an unwillingness to serve like in other areas sure. or just feeling like, yeah, th- this is my quote unquote strength and this is where I will exist. And this is what God's equipped me with, you know, where, um, I mean, I see this in your story talking about like not wanting to really travel and not yeah. being, wanting to be that guy out in yeah. front. Like same with me where I feel like if it were up to me and like focusing on my identity, like there, there would have been hundreds of times that it would have been like, Oh yeah, that's that's not my role, you know, right, to be that yeah. guy. Um, like that's that's great for other people; they're comfy in that role. Mm-hmm. But like, that's not me, and that's totally fine. And just like stay there, you know. Yeah. But like, what it came down to was like, God, kind of like drawing that stuff very much out of me, um, and like giving opportunities to completely like put me in awkward situations. Yeah. That yeah. was just like, no, you think that you're gonna be like just like this completely in the in the uh shadows like behind the scenes guy like that stuff is equally important but like i i gave you you know like a story to share about what i've done in your life you know yeah. um doing stuff like poetry or like doing things that are yeah. i guess more vocal or no more important you know but just like yeah i think sure. in my head i was limiting yeah, the yeah. different areas <laughs> that god would use me you know yeah i'd be like oh well i've you know i've got the gift of administration it's like a double win because then I don't have to be outgoing at all. I can just be behind the scenes and I can be like proud that I'm like wanted to be the guy behind the scenes because no one wants to do that. <laughs> um, like it's just False humility. all wins. Know, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, maybe the overarching thing is about how like everything points us to self, um, you know, and like whether it's finding like the way like the the gifting that you have or um even like the idea of god's will for your life now that's a huge thing to me i think this is like important that like god purposes us for things um and i think that's so cool and it's so real and it's so important but i think that we like obsess over that and i know like um that's a that's like a another kind of Ebenezer style moment in my life where I can look back, um, back, this was like five, five or six years ago, six years ago, I guess we had like been full-time touring in the past and then we had stopped and we were like trying to figure out if we should get back into it. And I mean, probably more diligent than anything I've ever prayed. I was just praying God, you know, show us what to do. You know, God, we'll, we'll do anything. Just tell us what you want us to do. Like, um, just with as all the sort of earnestness in the world, like, God, I just want to know, I'll do whatever. Just tell us what to do. I feel like everyone I know would like commend that, right? Like you're doing it, you know, good job. Like, that's awesome. Having that open heart. (laughs) Uh, You're just like, you know, like you're doing, that's exactly what you should do. Um, but I think I wasn't doing the right thing. Um, and God did this really cool thing where like I had prayed that for, I mean, it had been like weeks of praying this. Um, and I was in 
Montana at this like camp. Um, it was a weird, bad show. The youth pastor had booked us to play for something that was for all the church and didn't really talk to the pastor about it. A lot of miscommunication. It wasn't great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We weren't what they wanted or expected. Um, But I was like praying in this like chapel at this camp Um, back to the drawing board, you know, like, Oh God, show me what to do. God, just show me what to do. And then all of a sudden, like I've, I just started saying something different. It was, I wasn't saying, God, show me what to do anymore. I was saying, God, show me who you are. Um, and it wasn't like an intentional, like, not at all. It was just like, God, show me what, God, show me who you are. Wait, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and that was just like another one of those generous gifts from God, right? Like, um, because I, I mean, that was so corrective. I had, replaced intimacy with God, love for the father with, um, purpose, you know, like with, um, whatever, like with his will, right? His will's a a good thing. It's, it's a real thing and it's a good thing, but it doesn't occupy the first places, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, God, who are you? Um, and and I think, like, if we know him, we know what to do. You yes. know, like, and that's, yes. and that's, like, was a huge <laughs> lesson to me. Um, and, and, you know, sure enough, like, the next day, I had so much peace about the decision that we were going to make. Um and I'm just like, big dummy Kevin praying all the dumb things. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, he, yeah. And I just think that's like, I think that maybe, I don't know if we're not patient enough or what, but, um, or if our picture of who God is is just way too small, um, way too feeble. But, um, yeah, I think that like intimacy with God will bear out purpose Mm -hmm. and even to an extent identity but in a way that it's just not a focal point right like i think that people can look at my life and have some ideas about like what my identity in christ is but it's not it's not the pursuit of my life um Mm -hmm. The whole way we read scripture reflects this, right? Like, uh, we look for ourselves in the scripture rather than looking for God. Um, You know, when's the last time you heard a sermon that didn't end with a application? Like, why? Why does the sermon need an application? You know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. (laughs) Like, that was for me. (laughs) can Can God, can we not just, like, learn what God is like and realize that that's the only application? Um, I think that's huge. Um, you know, when we study David or something like that, right? Like, oh, you know, I, all each of us out there, we all have our own Goliaths, right? And like, and and you maybe your Goliath's pornography, and maybe your Goliath is this, and like with God's help, we can conquer these Goliaths. And that's like, that sells, I guess. I mean, I think that's like a cool feel good kind of thing, but like if you read the story of david and read it to see god you see a god that is wildly amazing he's like hey i'm gonna choose this guy because (laughs) it's unbelievable Um, (laughs) you know like and i'm going to do these things so that everyone will know that i did it and we're like oh i want to be like david Um, no 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 you're missing the whole thing (laughs) I think that's really interesting. I don't know the first time somebody mentioned this to me and, and people everywhere disagree about this. Um, but <laughs> like even that phrase, like David, the man after God's own heart, like, Oh, I want to be David. I want to be after God's heart. Like David, like it's very viable to read that and interpret it quite differently to mean David, a man of God's choosing. 
um, like totally acceptable way to interpret that passage and think, I mean, how differently do you view God? I mean, look, think about those two options, right? Like I want to be like David, the guy that really wants God, because that is what I want to be. And God will use that like versus God takes the least God takes the most ill-equipped mm-hmm. and God will make himself known and God will triumph. Um, and like, I think those are our two options and, mm-hmm. and we clearly are choosing the first in our, like in the way we do Christianity. And I just yeah. think the second is way more powerful. Yeah. I would agree. The second doesn't burn out. Because the first one will burn out so fast. Like, building your foundation for ministry or your Christianity even on the fact that you love God is is just faulty. (laughs) It's bad. I mean, like, dude, no one lies to ourselves more than we do. Like, I know my own heart, and it's not trustworthy (laughs) by any means. (laughs) It's never been. And, like, you know, like you said, like, it'd be... It fills you with so much more confidence to be the one that God shows yeah. Rather than to be the one who's seeking after God and yeah, yeah. never know how hard he's going to strive until he gets there. Right. I'd much rather be the one that God chose to love despite every inconsistency inside of me. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's it's probably kind of funny to God when, when people do say, like, I want to be like David. And it's just like, you want to be insufficient and, like, to be chosen anyway? But yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, I think it's a lot more like you than you think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There, um, this thought hit me like a couple months ago that like, I've always kind of like had this thought and I've heard so many people say it like, like, who am I that you would, you know, choose me God? Like, which is valid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, when, when, yeah, like what, but like when that's the question and it's not, it's not like, but who is this God that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, um, yeah. where that changed a lot for me when I just like kind of thought in those terms of not so much like, who are we, but like. Hey, who who is this guy yeah, that yeah. he functions in that way? You know? Yeah, that's so cool. Like all this considered, I'm sure that I mean, yeah, you don't nail it all the time. Um, how do you <laughs> like? How, I don't know. Like, how what keeps you like in that proper perspective? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I think it's super hard uh, because I feel like every outside influence is one away from that. Um, just trying to be consistent in. Um, like rendering scripture with that mindset, like um, that, that are that my way of approaching the Bible would be to find out who God is, what he's like and what he's done. Um, Like being really consistent with that rather than um, looking for myself in it. Um, Yeah. I would say it's really hard, especially in the music community, which I think is, maybe the uh, most unfortunately like self-centered Christian community there is, right? There's a lot of um, unintentional, maybe spiritual haughtiness uh, or something. I don't know really how to explain it, but um, well, like it goes back to that, the story I told, like I want to see God doing cool stuff through me because I'm out here. Right. Like, <laughs> I'm out here. <laughs> <laughs> We out here. (laughs) And um, I think being able to be honest with that sort of mindset with people, like we have great people in our lives that we can say, hey, like, keep me accountable to this. Um, And God's given me this like really cool gift over the last couple of years of traveling with a bunch of people that are in different places um, in their like spiritual journey. a lot of them, um, though, like the idea, even just the idea of the sovereignty of God at all is really foreign to them. But I think one thing God's been doing to maybe like safeguard me is like he's um, kind of like, I feel, given me the task of kind of explaining what it means to um, or what it looks like to kind of have a a more like God centric mindset. Um, and so like, I feel constantly I'm, 
I'm reiterating these things, which keep them right at the front of my yeah. mind, which is uh, a huge mm. blessing. That's always a cool thing when it's yeah. like yeah. you're speaking to somebody else, but you're also speaking sure. to yourself equally, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, every single thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like, <laughs> I'm the, the, the worst. Um, and it's hard not to be selfish. Um, and it's hard to, it's hard to believe God for some reason. <laughs> like it's frustrating that it's hard to believe God because God has shown himself trustworthy throughout all of uh, history. Come on. Man. Um, but like some reason it's real hard to like, Oh yeah, but maybe this time he's going to not do that anymore. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's super hard, but God's super faithful. And I think that's like the, there's just so much peace in that and realizing that it ultimately doesn't fall to me to have that proper mindset you know going all the way back to uh when jesus revealed himself in me like the feeling was distinctly it doesn't matter what you think um <laughs> it doesn't um, <laughs> it doesn't matter um like the reality of god is just not swayed by you a mm. feeble man like um and and so like r realizing that you know to this day like if i screw up and think all of a sudden it's about me or screw up and like and put that sort of like um desire of of like um leveling up as a christian on myself or something like that like um you know his grace is good for that too and um yeah just knowing that like he's faithful not only to uh keep me to forgive me but also to correct me and mm. yeah so i think that's that's really good to know <laughs> yeah like we were kind of talking earlier about like uh that purpose versus like you know intimacy with god like it's cool to know that uh foundationally we're called to know god yeah and like you said like out of that comes like the fruitfulness of like uh, vision, passion, desire, willingness, like all that comes from knowing like who Jesus is. Yeah. That sticks with me like so hard. Cause like there are times in my own life where like, I was just praying the other day in the car, like on my way to work, like, God, I am so confused as to what you want me to do in my life. Like I have no idea. Cause for a while I thought I wanted to be a pastor and I'm like, you know, if this is what you want, like, so be it. And I started pursuing that, but it was with selfish motive. So I kind of dialed back. And begin to kind of like, you know, the Lord began to check my heart on a few things like why well, I want to do this. But out of me just coming to just be alone with him and I've seen that he done more fruit in my life with that than me actually just pursuing it on my own and sure. like trying to gung ho my way into it. Yeah. And I've learned so much that I probably wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like that's one way like when things get super cloudy for me because it does and my heart lies to me, so do my emotions and my mind. They are like trifecta come at me at the same time <laughs> <laughs> and they put me in funky places. Like that's one thing that always keeps me like grounded and keeps me from falling off. It's like I'm called to know Jesus and I don't have to be great. I don't have to be this awesome pastor pe preaching that passion. I don't have to lead 10,000 people to Jesus. I'm just called to know the father. And if I don't do anything else in my life, but know God, like yeah. he's satisfied with that. Yeah. It's so cool. Thanks for having me though. This is fun. Yeah, thanks a bunch for sitting <laughs> down with us. Like, yeah. it's been on our radar for a long time to sit down with you. Yeah, and uh, it's been kind of funny because several people have referenced you. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm currently sitting on a on a wide white marble bench right now. <laughs> so I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. What a joy to be alive. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's music on. Um, so yeah, thanks a bunch for sitting down with us, Kevin. Yeah, if you want to check out Kevin's stuff, you can go to kevinschlereth.bandcamp.com hey what you feel hey, Kevin kind of travels a little bit everywhere um, definitely suggest going out and seeing his shows um, yeah you should come to Audio Feed Music Festival Champaign-Urbana June 30th through July 3rd it'll be great do you know what day you're playing? I'm playing on Saturday July 2nd awesome but yeah thanks a lot Kevin um, if you want to check out our website it's letgoddie.com we have a few videos up there um, I know I mentioned before that we'd be adding more 
we will be adding more. Just don't know when that'll be. Um, so yeah, thanks for your time. And until next time.